Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting, and thanks for joining us on Founders and Friends for another awesome podcast. Let's give a quick shout out to the Cruise Consulting accounting team. We're very fortunate. We have a ton of people at Cruise who work on the monthly books for our clients and get them all set up, due diligence ready, rocking every month, answering all the clients' questions, making all those adjustments. And there's no better moment for a founder and for us, really, when founder says, hey, I think I'm going to get a term sheet. Are my books ready for diligence? And we get to say, yes, they are. Fire away. Send them over. Give them access. That is a great feeling. It's the feeling that lets us know we've done a job very well done. And nothing is better than watching that cash hit the bank account. So if you are a venture-backed startup, you're going out to fundraise, maybe check us out. Check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. We love what we do. At taping here, I think we have 575 clients. Clients raise over a billion dollars this year. So we know what we're doing. And hopefully we can help you be successful in your fundraise. All right, let's get to the podcast. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today my very special guest is Adam Markowitz of Drada. Welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we uh, are uh, are Drada's accounting firm, but more importantly, for this podcast, we actually use Drada for our SOC 2 compliance. And that's why I wanted to have you on. I get to see Drada in action. It's pretty freaking awesome. And we love publishing and, and talking about products that we really love. So hence the interview here. Maybe you could start off just by telling everyone how you had the idea to start Drada. Sure. No, I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. We started Drawed out of our own personal need, uh, our own experience. So we just to, to walk you through a little bit of you know, my background and career, how, how I got here way back when. <laughs> I started my career actually in aerospace, um, believe it or not. Right after undergrad, I, uh, I began working as an engineer on that space shuttle program, doing grad school at night. And then it was after grad school, like 2010-ish, when NASA retired the space shuttle program. Uh, I decided to pursue a, a passion project of mine. I was calling Portfolium, which was basically like a LinkedIn for college students, but it was, ah. it was centered around an e-portfolio instead of a, a profile, a resume. And the whole idea was to help students really connect students with employers based on more than just where they went to school or the GPA. And so like, tangible evidence, proof yeah. of their skills and competencies, projects, papers, presentations, all went into an e-portfolio which I got the idea for a portfolio from my own personal experience. I use an e-portfolio in my interviews. That's how I landed the job in the space shuttle program. And I attributed the whole thing to basically earning trust really by proving I deserved it, proving it with evidence. And so, you know, again, called it portfolio, learned to code, brought on some incredible co-founders, investors, and it kicked off a six and a half year journey um, as a first time founder in software industry. And, Wow. Yeah, over a over two and a half year stretch, we sold into almost 400 schools, 400 universities across the country, and oh my gosh, five amazing. million students. And then the company was acquired um, by by Instructure, the makers of Canvas, the learning management system. Yeah, this was oh, 20, yeah, yeah. February 2019. About a year later, my co-founders and I, same co-founders, we, uh, we started Drada. Or obviously now I'm, I'm the CEO, but it was selling portfolio into college universities where we got the idea originally. Was it because they were requiring you to be SOC 2 compliant or you saw the pain that the university yeah, I mean, was going through? Yeah, I mean, the biggest irony was we were selling software to help students prove their skills to employers and the university said, great, it's going to help our students do just that, but can you prove your security posture to us before we hand over sensitive student data? It's yeah. 
great question. They have every right to ask it. And so we had to prove that we were trustworthy doing the right things when it came to protecting the students' data. And that meant a SOC 2 report was was a great way to do that, a great way to prove that we're doing what we say we're doing and earn their trust. And then we had to maintain it as we grew. So the team was already experienced in what that looked like and how to do it and how to streamline it. And so getting that group back together on day one with all that muscle memory of having worked together for six and a half years, obviously very passionate about trust, earning trust, by proving you deserve it. And um, it, it really, we came out of the gates really, really fast. So for those that don't know, I mean, maybe describe the product a little bit and I have a kind of a. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I mean, SOC 2 is a it's a compliance framework. Um, it's a set of criteria, necessarily requirements, but you could use it interchangeably. Um, and then it's up to you as a company to design and implement controls to satisfy or meet that criteria. And then you get audited by a licensed CPA that comes in and actually audits those controls to prove they're effective in satisfying that criteria. And that all gets put into a report, a SOC 2 report. It's actually not a certification, it's an attestation. So it's not a pass-fail audit. The result is always a SOC 2 report and you want a clean mm-hmm. report. That's the goal, the objective. Because yeah. in our case with the universities, we show the university the report. The first thing to do is read it. You wanna make sure it looks clean and it doesn't have a lot of findings or any findings for that matter. Um, and so the tricky part is, especially as a startup or really any, any size company is one, knowing what controls to put in place. Well, what a control is. Um, which is really any any tool, any process, policy you put in place to really prevent the bad thing from happening. And you need anywhere between 100 and 200 controls in place for a SOC 2 audit. But you need to know what controls, how to map them, how to implement them, how to prove that they're effective. And that's that's a lot. It's a lot for any size team. Um, and so Drata really helps companies do that, stand up and then maintain their security and compliance posture. And the way we do it is pretty unique. We use automation. Drata actually connects to our customers' tech stack from their cloud infrastructure, identity provider, their code repos. Um, and we do it all with the least privileged access, so read-only access or less. And we're monitoring. The system is automatically monitoring all these controls every single day. So as you're growing and employees are coming on board, more and more assets usually it takes more and more time, like hundreds of hours to get and then maintain these certifications and attestations. Drata is monitoring it all, alerting you when gaps form in real time, and then collecting the evidence automatically. So again, hundreds yeah. of hours are saved. It's amazing. And like a good example for folks that don't know is like GitHub slash Heroku somehow got hacked or something happened last month. And so like I go back in and GitHub, I think, reset everything. And so I went back in and Drata prompts me to go back in and connect Drata to the cruise Heroku. And so that it can keep monitoring, right? I'm sure that I'm sure you guys had that that one that one specifically caused a lot of problems, or you had to send a lot of reminders out to clients. But like, it's that easy. Like, there's actually like a pre, I don't know what you call it, but like a dashboard of available integrations that most startups have. And so like we went down the list, and we're like boom, 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 and all of a sudden we're connected, and the system's monitoring. It's it's actually really sleek. And super easy. I'm not like a super technical person. Like I'm just the COO guy who goes in and knows how to do all that. Kind of, it's it's actually amazing. I appreciate it. I mean, that's, that's part of the beauty of, you know, SOC 2 compliance in general. It's not the, um, like a better way, it's not the sexiest of industries or spaces. And yet we wanted to bring a, a very slick, easy to use, intuitive interface to it. The kind of you know SaaS that we're all 
used to and, and spoiled by before this purpose. And um, yeah, so it's fantastic to see companies, you know, again, starting from scratch as a two-person startup or working out of a garage all the way up to publicly traded you know, thousands of employees being able to use Drata at different points of maturity in their, uh, their programs. Big time. Now, do you ever get, so for us, we knew we had a lot of work to do. So for us, it wasn't just like, hey, we're ready to do, to get the certification. It was actually, we actually use, I'm just kind of curious, do you hear this a lot? We actually use you as a roadmap in a way, as like almost like a, a clean hygiene list. And so we're going down, knocking out all the things that draw tells us to knock out and in that process, actually building our compliance. Do you hear that? Or like, is it mostly people who are just already set up and they just need the, the monitoring and then the attestation? We hear it a bit, quite a bit. Um, usually, you know, earlier stage companies um, or smaller companies are doing it for the first time. And so, yeah. you know, we hear the analogy a lot of TurboTax for, for compliance or, you know, SOC 2. And it's, it's not a bad analogy. I think if TurboTax can make doing your compliance, doing your taxes somewhat enjoyable, uh, we can make compliance fun and intuitive. But more so, it's if I was doing my taxes, but I didn't even know what taxes were. I mean, that's that's an extra level of, of, kind of yeah. product fidelity that has to be there to, to really guide companies who are doing this literally for the first time. Totally. Well, I was going to ask you, like when you got, when you got the band back together, <laughs> did you like go over your old notes of like that, whoever was doing the SOC two or the multiple people doing SOC two at your previous startup? Like, did they have everything written out? Like, how did you build this knowledge base? Like it's pretty extensive. I mean, what was probably most interesting for us, right? Even at our peak at portfolio at the time of acquisition, there's 33 of us employees. Um, so it wasn't a very big company yeah. and um, we were acquired by what seemed like a massive company to us, you know, 2,500 employees publicly traded. And we just kind of assumed certain things when it came to this big company's compliance programs or their own SOC 2 report. And within weeks after the acquisition, um, we were you know, being pinged for these manual screenshots, evidence being collected of, of controls for the bigger company, the acquiring company's you know, SOC 2 yeah. audit. And so we realized there was there was a pretty large team still manually doing all of this work. And oh, kind of the first time we picked our heads up. It was up, coming from Bob or Mary in IT instead of like a system. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of the first bigger company test of this idea that we already had. And we already kind of you know, built solutions in-house over the years at, at Portfolio to, to do this. And so literally seeing eyes get very big at, whoa, this could save us hundreds of hours, you know, the opportunity, it was kind of the first time we picked our heads up out of our myopic kind of tunnel vision ed tech zone to, to really see just this is this applicable to all companies, all definitely all SaaS companies, but any company that stores or processes data in the cloud, and it, it never goes away. So like a big thing, a big common misconception is, this is just something that I can knock out real quick, check the box and move on. This is something that you get audited every year. And the audit itself yeah. isn't just a point in time at SOC 2 type 2, you're proving you stayed compliant, so to speak, over the prior 12-month period. And as you're getting bigger, your system stack is getting more complex and you're adding new stuff. So there's always like stuff going on. Exactly. It's um it it, it is great. It actually lends itself to like a reoccurring revenue stream for the for Drata really well. Cause like I know we're on like a subscription, but it but again for us, it's like a no-brainer because it's it's not only helping us kind of satisfy, we're not quite at the point where we're doing the audit yet. We're still knocking out a couple of things, but like we've made huge leaps just from like the checklist, just from like the hygiene list. Yeah. So in a way you were kind of like, our hypothesis was this, that you would actually save us a ton of money and give us that like guided tour 
of how to get to the promised land. And that's actually what's happened. It's been really nice. It's great to hear. Now it's kind of like it's the GPS and the self-driving car. Yeah, 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 yeah. The initial value prop for a lot of early stage companies is getting compliance or getting audit ready. And then that shifts to the staying compliant, right? Like, like you said, as you grow and you have more assets, more people, more servers, more code repos, and usually like, the value of the automation only gets stronger because it's more and more hours that would have been spent manually monitoring and collecting evidence for audits. Totally. You, you tell me, but I feels like there's a marketing aspect to this where like the public is more aware of SOC 2 now or like maybe startup public, you know, like sure. the... And, and the IT consumer, so to speak. And so people look for, it's almost like the Better Business Bureau branding or or something like that, like just says, or or VeriSign. You know how VeriSign was like authenticating all the transactions and built a huge business on that. People look for this stuff now on websites. And I think there's still a lot of opportunity for you to like even blow that out even more. But it's, it's become like this really positive self-reinforcing uh culture where people like see their friends doing it or hear their friends doing it or the web services they're using have done it and so they start down this path are you seeing that too oh yeah yeah it's kind of become this minimum almost a minimum bar uh, like table yeah. requirements and definitely in, in SaaS. and we witnessed it ourselves again at, at portfolio those first universities that started requesting it they were they were just they were doing just that they were requesting it if we didn't have it, we yeah. could answer a really long security questionnaire instead and kind of walk through yeah. things. But it took time, but it didn't yeah. kill a deal, so to speak. And so, yeah, now, I mean, but over even as a two year stretch of us selling to universities, it's starting to become the just minimum bar. Um, if you didn't have yeah. it, your competitor had it. And it makes a lot of sense. Part of being compliant or maintaining your own SOC 2 report is reviewing the reports of your critical vendors. So there's a bit of a waterfall effect that happens organically. It's or making sure, even having that conversation with your vendors, because they may not even know about it. They may not, it may not be required of them. So having that conversation is actually really valuable too. Hey, it's Scott Orn, and we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to give a shout out to the cruise tax team. Gosh, it's so nice to have an in-house tax team. I can't even tell you. Uh, we have some really amazing professionals on the team. It's over... I think it's 13 people now. And we do everything from your federal state income tax return, state franchise tax filings, R&D tax credits. Those are pretty popular these days. And guess what? They're there for you when you go through diligence. A lot of people don't know this, but you actually go through tax diligence, not just operational kind of financial diligence, but you do go through tax diligence. So it's nice to have Vanessa Cruz on the phone with your VCs and with the accounting firm they hired to diligence all your stuff and the law firm. They hired to diligently stuff. Vanessa knows what she's doing. She's done this a million times. And uh, and not it's not just Vanessa. We have a really great team of tax professionals that will do those calls too. It's it's kind of sometimes the difference between getting around clothes or having it take another two weeks because something was disorganized and the tax compliance wasn't done correctly. We hear those horror stories from clients that come to us. So, hey, if you want Cruz's tax team on your side, we're here for you. Check us out at cruiseconsulting.com. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, where we see the puck going and happy to see it is just kind of the idea of continuous compliance, something that's been talked about for yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even these type two, you know, talk about SOC 2 again, but just even a type two audit, which is basically an audit over a period of time, usually 12 month period. It's retro. It's it's looking back. And so, yeah, if, if I'm doing business with the vendor and you know, I looked at their SOC 2 report, even if it's a very, very clean report, I know that that was 
know, anywhere from six to 12 months ago. What's it like today? How, how secure yeah. and compliant are they today? And yeah, that's, it's a good place to be going. That's amazing. And then there's another part of the business, or maybe there's a perk to using Drata for lack of a better word, which is you touched on this, is that CPA review. And we're CP, Cruise is a CPA firm too, but we don't do like the IT security reviews. Sure. But maybe walk people, because this was actually new to me until we signed up, I actually didn't know there was like a this this review process. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so just again, just through the lens of SOC 2, because there's tons of frameworks and, out there, but for SOC 2, it's again, the, the result of a SOC 2 audit is the SOC 2 report. And the audit and the report are conducted, they're generated by a licensed CPA. So it's any really CPA firm that's doing these, these SOC 2 audits. Um, they come in and basically, like I said, they're auditing the, the operating effectiveness of your controls that you've implemented. And because it's an independent third party, that's what gives this SOC 2 report the weight that yeah. it carries, which is really, really important. So we, we're very clear with you know, our customers and prospects, Drawd is not an audit firm. We, we partner with audit firms. They're trained on how to use Drata. They love the fact that it's saving not just their clients' time, but them in conducting the audit. And therefore, there's reduced fees for the audits itself, um, which is a win-win for everybody. And in that way, you're, you're maintaining a relationship with your auditor. You know exactly how audit-ready you are. The auditor knows. And when it comes time to generate the, the evidence that gets reviewed in the audit, it's right there. It comes out in a really yeah. clean, organized zip file, folder structure that the auditors love. And that just saves, again, so many hours in conducting the actual audit. I'm laughing because when we do tax returns, we get like sometimes clients just dump all this stuff. And it's like we, you know, going through all that stuff is impossible. So having a oh, yeah. nicely organized SOC 2 report is got to be amazing for those folks. The other thing, you kind of touched on this for a second, but like it's almost like you're like this marketplace or you have these relationships with reoccurring relationships with the auditors. Because that's always kind of a tough thing if you're if you're just a one-off startup going out to hire like a SOC to any kind of auditor, any kind of accountant, there's always a risk of, of kind of making a bad selection. So I actually really like the fact that you have this these reoccurring relationships and you can probably kind of grade or you know who's doing a good job, you know who's, you know, oh, yeah. maybe being a little, little crazy. Like, do you, you see that too? Yeah, I mean, we have to maintain a really high bar with all of our audit firm partners, right? We only partner with highly reputable firms again the the reputation of the firm conducting the audit and who signs the report matters that's why some companies will yeah. only go to the big four audit firms for their audit yeah. and others don't have the budget for that they don't necessarily need to um, so we partner with over 50 different firms they range from the big four wow. to much smaller ones that are more affordable for traditionally our startup customers but that's it's a win-win for for all of them that's really cool the other kind of nice perk and i i i want to make sure i get this right so correct me here but I'm not sure if you have like some of those kind of auditors in a past life on staff, or I just know our team talks to a couple experts. So it's not like a completely automated thing. It's like the solution is automated, but then you actually go talk to draw to experts. Yeah. This is pre-certification, pre-attestation. And our team has actually got a lot of value out of the experts that are like on the Drata payroll. Does that make sense? Maybe explain that process a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is part of our, our just product philosophy. Um, of course, we have dedicated, you know, customer success managers that you could always reach out to as a customer. Um, we have technical support that can help you with issues they're experiencing with the product. 
But we also have these internal compliance experts. These are former auditors, former InfoSec professionals that are on staff. They are part of our customer success org. And so right there in the product, if you're stuck and not stuck because you don't understand the product, hopefully it's intuitive and you know how to use the software. You have support otherwise. But usually the questions that we get right there in the tool are about in the weeds policy questions for, for SOC 2 or ISO 27001. And those get routed directly to that compliance expert team to give the feedback. So it's kind of, again, very TurboTax-like if you're stuck on something very, very in the weeds and you need a CPA to come in and help guide you. Um, you have that. You're never just abandoned to the software, although the software is very, very powerful. Yeah, that's our team has taken advantage of that a lot. And that's been a really nice value add. So Good that's it's a great little it's a great package. It, it kind of I, I I think I told Tim this like Tim's your VP of finance, but like or CFO, like I really connected with what you're doing emotionally because it had a lot of parallels with our business taking like these very complex processes or or the desired result and then strip stripping it down into processes and making it easy for people to go through and then having the having the experts it's like that's amazing because because our team that's doing it internally is this is the first time they've ever done it you know this is like new for them and so sometimes they know what questions to ask and sometimes they got to do the old uh what questions am i not asking yeah. <laughs> that I should be asking and that's where the experts are actually really 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 helpful no it's great that you said that because you know prospects we say that all the time it's like I don't know what I don't know. I yeah. don't even know the right questions to ask. And so we have, you know, we can help guide on even the proper questions. If you are getting introduced to an audit firm and you've never been audited before, you're trying to select an audit firm, here are some good here's questions you might want to think about asking. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't know. I, I love it. I love it. I'm going to be respectful of your time. So we'll wrap up in a few minutes here, but this is all in good fun. But we have some infamous clients that were just like absolute train wrecks when they came to us and we <laughs> clean them up and all this kind of stuff. And it's all shorthand institutional knowledge. Do you have obviously don't name any kind of client, but have you ever seen just like, oh my gosh, this is this is like, you know, a giant uh, hack waiting to happen. And thank God you came to us before someone got to you kind of moments with with prospective clients you think don't they name any names literally thousands <laughs> now um no usually um it's usually stuff that's right in the middle of like a rapid growth right when a lot of our customers raise a new round of funding and they bring on a ton of new employees right afterwards mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. have our own kind of internal pattern matching where we go okay at, because of what we know about the company where they are these are potential pitfalls and we could help again proactively catch those things. The software does that itself, but then we are get our customer success team actually gets involved as well. It's like, congrats on your recent round of funding. Here are like three areas where we see benchmark wise companies make mistakes at this stage when it comes to their compliance posture. You onboard That's 100 really new cool. employees over the next 12 months. Here's all the different areas in which these gaps could form. The software is going to alert you, but I'm giving you an extra heads up. That kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Plan ahead versus letting the waiting for the software to alert you that you did something wrong. It's just yeah, I mean, it's a real time alert, but it's still just having that extra support and and, and yeah. knowledge, you know, domain expertise. It it, it helps a lot. Um, yeah. And then there was just kind of like the common, I mean, we, we could have some kind of internal dashboard, I'm sure, of just kind of the most common gaps that we see, whether in your infrastructure or your personnel, or your code repos. I mean, there's, and you see them, I mean, they are the causes of a lot of breaches out there. Um, but luckily, if you're monitoring it continuously, you're, you're going to get alerted right away. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, we're loving it. It's working really well for us. We're, Thanks. like I said, we weren't even, we knew we had a, a ways to go. So if you're a startup out there that's thinking about this, I actually recommend it from a kind of hygiene 
here's the list of things you got to fix kind of way versus waiting until you think you're ready. I really do. It's it's not like a crazy break the bank expensive service either. Like you guys have made it really affordable. I'm sure your plan is to grow with companies, but it's at a price point that allows like a smaller company like us, you know, we're, we have 150 people. We're not in a small development team. We're not huge, right? And so we can we can afford to dedicate budget to it and it works for us. And so the ROI is amazing. So I just I just shout out to all the people in customer success, the people, the engineering team. Like you you've assembled a really nice package and service, and we we just love working with you guys. Thank you. It means a lot. Really, really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You're taking a bunch of first timers through the journey and we we appreciate it. Well, maybe just to finish up here, can you tell like if, if people are interested, maybe give them the quick pitch one more time and then just tell them exactly where they can reach out, obviously the website, but maybe LinkedIn or if there's a uh, a sales team or a customer support team they should reach out to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean again, if you're if your company stores or processes customer data in the cloud, which is just about every company these days, um, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you'll be required to prove that you're doing the right things and protecting privacy and security of that data. And usually in our experience, and we empathize because we were one, I mean, this is our story. I mean, we, we waited <laughs> too long. Um, it, it's true. I mean, you can't start too early. If anything, you're going to want, it's going to be faster, cheaper, and easier to maintain. There's, we all know what tech debt is. Security and compliance debt is, is, is no fun. Um, and so using automation, we're able to bring that cost way down, you yeah. said, um, and have people from, from literally day one launch compliance and stay that way as they grow. It's just baked into the culture and DNA and, and the monitoring is there. And so if you're not hearing about it, you will happy to help guide companies through that process. So yeah, just draw com and, and click get started and our team will reach out and get you going. You can, you can sleep soundly using it and having gone through the process. That's like the ultimate, right? Like obviously there's, there's hackers out there that can get through anything. But like knowing you put your best foot forward and done things the right way is is actually really makes you feel really good. So it's, yeah. it's it's actually like one of those products or services that just you have a smile while you're using it. It's really nice. <laughs> Our product team's going to love that. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It just makes you feel so good. So, all right, Adam, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming by and uh, of catch you later and take care, man. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Oh.